That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 114-107 to 107 is your final. The Jazz have now won five consecutive games, beating the Charlotte Hornets tonight. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. Let's get to your sharp stats of the game, presented by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz shot 52% from the field. Uh, impressive 50% from three, Coach. 17 of 34. Uh, Locke was... Uh, was um, talking a lot about the stat that they were 15 for 25 on catch and shoot threes just terrific numbers uh they were led tonight by uh boyan bogdanovich who had 26 points on 7 of 12 shooting donovan mitchell with a nice second half 20 points on 7 of 19 shooting but uh, all five jazz starters in double figures tonight coach uh six total jazz players in double figures with emmanuel moutier coming off the bench and uh, just really a uh, a terrific night on both sides of the floor, particularly in the second half. 27 assists on 39 field goals was also a huge factor in that. I call knowledge threes, where the Jazz, the Jazz made 17 for 34. You mentioned knowledge threes, and knowledge meaning this, Jake, is that the passer knew where the where the offensive shooter was going to be. That's knowledge, where they held their spacing and they were able to. Uh, Hop, swing, swing, swing pass, whether it's the corner three or middle three on the kickout as far as from the corner back to the middle. And so they had the retreating defense of the Hornets back on their heels because they're led by Rudy rim rolling to the basket on a dynamic fashion. And that, that really forced them to collapse on him. And that opened up the three-point game. So anytime the defense has to collapse takes away the paint, then now the three-point line opens up. Or if the, the vice versa, if the three-point line is uh, is being overguarded, then the paint opens up as far as collapsing. Coach mentioned the 27 assists. The assist feature proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. And quick note of those 27 assists, Coach, nine came from Donovan Mitchell. Certainly making an effort to move that ball and make the right reads. And those right reads where he was penetrating into the high paint area. He was under control, both his the ball, his body, and his mind, and was able to pick apart the slower rotating defense of the Hornets, whether it was kick out to the corner, whether it was a drop past the Rudy and short corner spacing, or was it, was it a throwback to Boyan Bondanovich. So again, when you penetrate into the paint area and the perimeter players, his floor mates, they hold spacing, the three-point line opens up and it becomes much larger. And those knowledge, those knowledge threes were spectacular. All right, let's throw things back to Charlotte where Coach Quinn Snyder is uh, addressing the media. At the beginning of the game, we were, we were executing well, and we were actually defending pretty well. We just had, you know, some breakdowns on each possession, going under on really good shooters, and um, and then we started, you know, making mistakes on offense, and 
kind of snowballed. But in, in the second half, we were really good defensively. We had a focus and. You know, that started everything. Also, the three ball, that's something that you've been wanting your guys to continue to shoot, those threes. What did you see tonight that allowed you to be so successful? Well, I think, you know, we showed them a couple of clips at halftime, of guys that were felt like were open in the corners. And, um, and we have an unselfish team. We just have to kind of be aware of, you know, where what the defense is doing and where the rotations are and um, how to find people. And I think when we have that um, awareness, we really were a team that's willing to move the ball, and that's what happened. The ball started moving, um, you know, and guys got open looks. Boyan seemed to get his stroke going pretty good. Sorry? Boyan seemed to get his stroke going pretty much, and was calling for the ball. It seemed like, mm-hmm. and then keep uh, position. Yeah, there, you know, I've never seen a guy that all, everyone on the bench every time he gets it yells yells at him to shoot, um, and he usually does at the right times, and particularly, you know, when you know the game gets close, he's at his best. What did you guys do to keep uh, Rosier and, and Graham out of the lane? They touched the paint way too much on first half. Well, I think even more than that, Tony. You know, I thought we were our pickup points weren't high enough, um, so we were in, we were going under on things and giving them some threes and and then kind of the, the levy breaks and we started getting other stuff. But I mean, one of the biggest things is we we just we foul, you know, and you work hard defensively. If you foul, um, all that. You know that work goes to waste, and it's, those are deflating plays. And you know, then guards like you know that are as offensively talented as they are see the ball go in the basket from the foul line, and the basket gets bigger. So I think you know collectively we just did a better job of of uh, you know, communicating in certain situations where when they did get in the lane, you know Rudy was able to switch on to him. There was a couple possessions where he did that and. You know, protected the rim, and then we switched back again. So I just, I think collectively we were on the same page and more determined. What did you see to be more? Uh, he passed the ball a lot to make it uh, mm-hmm. nine assists. He seemed to be a facilitator as much as anything this game. You guys been working on that? Yeah, I think Don. You know, Don's really unselfish, and I think I mentioned this before. Um, talking about Charlotte's guards is that, um, you know, when you're as offensively talented as Donovan is and you're also asked to play the point, you have to find a balance. And I think he's doing a really good job. First, his, his, his understanding of that is, is really taking you know, steps. And you know, tonight they were, they were trapping him, they were blitzing him in pick and roll. And um, when that happens, you know, he's more than willing to get off the ball and, and pass it, and that's what he did. What did you see out of Rudy down the stretch in terms of his ability to disrupt their offense with his switching out on the perimeter? You know, it's something that he's worked on, you know, and, and I think last year we were talking about him getting back to close out on bigs. You know, you've seen him guard fives that are not just pick and pop guys, but spacing bigs. And when he's able to switch on the smaller guys, and um, he actually saw a clip yesterday of him leaving his feet and fouling, and it's, it's hard to shoot over. You know, he doesn't need to, he's got to be disciplined, and sometimes that. It's just a function of, you know, familiarity. You know, you're out there, you're 7-1, you're used to seeing the whole game in front of you, and now you're out there on the perimeter and the whole game's behind you, except the ball. And, and uh, I think our guys have done a really good job talking to him when he's out there and letting him know that, you know, we've got his help um, instead of him always having everybody else's back. Um, that's important and more than anything. It's just the discipline he had mentally. And then when people did drive, you know, to not foul as well. It's a, you hear me repeating that a little bit about fouling. So it's just reflective of our connectivity and discipline. 
Have a tough job. I'm glad our, you know, our staff did a great job. Alex and those guys kept them together, and I thought the players really responded as well. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder, and he was ejected in this one. Alex Jensen took the reins after that, coach, and uh, and. Park the car in the garage, so to speak. But uh, Quinn Snyder, uh, only his second injection of his career. And the first time, of course, Igor Kokoshkov uh, stepped in. And uh, this time, Alex Jensen steps in. And the Jazz still come away with a win. But uh, talk about what he had to say about Donovan Mitchell right there, uh, which I thought was was really important, where Quinn Snyder was talking about how he's, by nature, unselfish. And if they're going to blitz him on the pick and roll, he's more than happy to move off the ball. Very much so. Blitz meaning early trapping the pick and roll up where both defensive players aren't worrying about the slip screener. They're just trying to get the ball to Donovan Mitchell's hands. And so what Donovan was doing was throwing jump passes out of it, either to the roller, Rudy to start the game, or jump passing to the opposite corner because the defense took on as a tag defender on Rudy. So Donovan has has enough presence and wherewithal to, and athletically to throw that pass with force on time on target. And two of Joe Ingles' pivotal threes in the fourth quarter were based on Donovan making the correct reads. The total all-around game. You know, Donovan Mitchell, he gets it. Whether he scores 30 like he did against uh, the Atlanta Hawks or whether he gets nine assists, but especially in, in the fourth quarter how he played. He plays to win. And in jazz basketball, he's a huge franchise-type player because he has a winning game. Besides gifted talent, it's how he plays the game and he really takes the team over himself, even though he could score at any moment. And then the other thing he said about uh, Rudy Gobert right there, Rudy being able to switch on smalls, it seemed to happen all night tonight, and Rudy seemed to handle it uh, just terrifically well. Coach Snyder talking about that's because he works on it a lot. That's a switch defensive player where you switch one through five. So a lot of times Rudy found himself in the second half guarding Terry Rozier or guarding Miles Bridges or guarding Devontae Graham. And Rudy played the cushion game where he was up in a stance but wasn't so far up into the dribbler that they can go by him on the shoulder, the shoulder game. So Rudy played it perfectly as far as giving the angle, giving the cushion, and ha- having discipline to be the second jumper. When you want to challenge shots, whether you're seven foot or whether you're six foot two, on perimeter, you've got to be the second jumper. Let the shooter take the first jump. You take the second jump to challenge versus you're the first jumper and the guy gives you a head and shoulder fake. By the way, I just described Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant. All right, the Jazz win tonight, and of course, the day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you'll receive a free, large, extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code UTAHJAZZ, valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations, mobile orders only. It is your Jazz Game Night post-game show brought to you by friends at uh, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz victorious tonight over the Hornets, 114-107. to We'll get you sound from the locker room and continue to break this one down next here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Uh, Jazz win tonight in Charlotte, 114-107. It did get uh, within a couple of possessions there late, Coach, and, and uh, Charlotte made some bizarre decisions about when and when not to foul. And, then, and twice ended the game, the ball came to Rudy Gobert on a sideline catch. Rudy, even though he's evolving as a foul shooter, is only 62% from the foul line, and they didn't foul him. And that gave the ball back to Donovan Mitchell, who threw some great open passes to a cutting Royce O'Neal and found Joe Ingles in a corner for a three. And so if Wood could, if you foul Rudy, maybe the game might be slightly different for the Jazz, how it, how it plays out, or maybe it's even, uh, maybe it'd be a different flow of the game. So end of a game, what you want to do, whether you're Jazz or not, it could be, it could be later on for the Jazz next game against the Heat. If, if a guy's a lesser foul shooter and, you, and you're down by two possessions, you got to foul right away to, to, to make the game longer, Jay. Not fouling Rudy, that that was certainly the most egregious one. But then there were two other plays where Donovan got the inbound and he found Rudy for a dunk on one, and I think it was Royce, Royce O'Neal for a dunk on the other. It's just, I mean, it's just kind of basic stuff. And that's all part of the end of execution, end of a game. On both sides of the ball, the ability to know time and score of what is going on. And every coach practices it. If, you, if you're the, uh, the Jazz, you, you played very well uh, moving the ball, so you practice that. If you're the Hornets, you've got to take that foul to make the game longer. So time and score is absolutely critical. And it's a direct correlation. They showed the graphic that the Hornets have been involved in the tie for the most uh, three-point uh, uh, games this season already, both wins and losses. They're number one in the NBA as far as most three-point games decided. All right, let's go back to Charlotte. Royce O'Neal is in the locker room. Oh, excuse me, not Royce O'Neal. I apologize. Thank you, Adrian. It's uh, Emmanuel Moutier. Guys starting to get comfortable having these rallies. I mean, we don't want them, but uh, I think the main thing is when we lock in on defense. Uh, Coach even said it. Sometimes we'll have great quarters defensively, and then we just have one bad one that puts us in a tough position. So if we can limit that, that'll be good. What did you do specifically to lock in on defense tonight to contain their guard play? Uh, I think we just locked in more. I think uh, in the first half for a little bit, we kind of just had brain farts. So uh, I think that's really what just happened. And then when we stopped turning the ball over. Over, it got better for us. You guys really found the three ball tonight. You yourself, what are you guys seeing there? Uh, just moving the ball, uh, playing jazz basketball, and I think that's something that we've been trying to do early on. But I think it's getting better and better as uh, as of late right now. You feel like you get more comfortable with that style now, being able to you know, do the ball sharing and passing and then hitting open man uh, for the three balls. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's good basketball. It's the right plays that we're doing, and the bat, you know. It's kind of like when you have good energy with moving the ball, he's going to find an open guy, and then the open guy's going to have confidence and shoot it, and it's the right way to play. Some of the guys were mentioning that that confidence comes from Q as well, like yeah. telling you guys, believing in you guys yeah. to do that. Yeah, no, nah, he'll say it. He'll say it every time. If you open, just shoot it. Uh, I think a lot of early on we was kind of not trying to step on each other's toes, so I think now we kind of have a good little rhythm that we got going, So, but it always starts on the defensive end. When we get stops, uh, we can kind of get out and, and make make plays in transition. Do you feel a difference in your rhythm in this type of system? Yeah, uh, I just said it the other day, you know, uh, trying to imply as much as uh, coach is trying to teach me, so every time he tells me something, it goes to my head, and I try to make it happen right away, so I think it's getting better and better. Coach said that at halftime he showed you guys some clips of you know, guys who were open 
uh, threes. I mean, did you see that? Did, were you guys able to learn from that? Yeah, as soon as we went back out there second half, uh, we got more open threes in the corners, and that's what we was preaching here at halftime, so it helped for sure. What was the strategy to kind of start taking away their threes? I mean, they shot 58% the first half. They shot 33% from the field in the second half. Like I said, uh, we just had brain farts, so the second half uh, we were more locked in, more dialed in, and it made it easier on us. That was Emmanuel Moutier, coach, who had 12 points tonight. He had three assists. He was 5 of 9 from the field. He played some lockdown defense in the second half. And uh, I had a chance to interview him yesterday. And he's just getting so much better, coach. I know the, the bench is kind of a controversial topic with this Jazz team, but he's doing what the coaches are asking of him. And, and he had a really good game tonight, I thought. He was solid with the ball, and he was able to penetrate and find the open reach with his three assists. His ball defense was in the second half was was right on point. Jake, there wasn't one time you and I said in the studio about the Jazz not being in a stance. So in the second half, the Jazz defensive players, they were on ball. They moved their feet. They got a low base. They were able to be in a stance and have one flick hand and try to go over under on a pick and roll action. And the more times you make a decision and stay on the dribbler's body, it's advantageous because now the big in the coverage is not activated. He's able to be up in the coverage, but he can go back taking the rim roll to the basket. So it all starts on on-ball defense, and also underrated was Royce O'Neal. So both Emmanuel Moutier and Royce O'Neal, they were solid the way they played the game, where they were up into the dribbler, and it forced the the two high-scoring guards of the Hornets to take an extra bounce or two, and it got them out of their own shooting rhythm. All right, Coach, I want to combine two features right now because I think the the resulting stats are related. So let's get to points in the paint, and we're going to do the three-point takeover. Uh, Points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. And, of course, the three-point takeover. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, Coach, the points in the paint. Jazz outscored in the paint 48-36, to and uh, for this season, 36, I'd have to go back and double-check, but that might be a season-low points in the paint. It's close to it if it's not. Uh, but then again, you look at the three-point number, 17 of 34. They shot 50% from three. I mean, that's where they were getting their shots tonight. It wasn't necessarily in the paint or at the rim, uh, and you heard Moutier talk about it. It was in the corners taking catch-and-shoot threes. Very much. That 22-foot uh, corner three. So as the game, ev- the game evolved is that the Hornets made a decision to try to limit the penetration into the paint area. And so with the Jazz counterpunch that, when they did get into the paint area, they were absolutely ready to pass the ball. So there's very few, Jake, again, lane floaters, uh, turnovers in the lane, or uh, or, um, uh, twist jump shots that were really off balance. Mostly when the Jazz players penetrated, meaning Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles, they were under control and they kicked it out into the, for the corner three or the throwback three. And so it's in lockstep where you, you penetrate under control, kick it out. The points of paint deceiving because they took it away. The Jazz counterpunched that. Uh, from three tonight, Bogdanovich was four of nine. Ingles was four of eight. And real quick on Joe, I love eight attempts for him. He needs to, you know, Joe's one of your best shooters. Go ahead and shoot it, you know. And I even think he left a couple of shots out there, too. Very much. So we mentioned early in the show that Joe was shooting in the month of December. Oh, by the way, Merry Christmas, Jake Scott. Is that they, he, Joe's shooting 51.1 from threes in December. 
So I wish every every uh, Jake. I wish it was Dece- December in Joe's world in next May in the playoffs because he's got it rolling right now. Joe is absolutely a flamethrower. We are catch and fire, and he has that quick release. And so does Boyan Bondanovich, and there's no wasted motion. So Donovan Mitchell and Emmanuel Mudiay they were passing on time on target, and Joe was able to get that. Don't you get the feeling, Joe, with that rainbow three on Joe's three point uh, corner attempts? I call it the shot starts on Monday it gets there on Tuesday you know I remember um, well I guess was this going back three or four years coach but to Joe Ingles breakout year I think it was his second year with the Jazz when he was when he was backing up Gordon Hayward and and he was just lights out from three and he talked about what he did to it to adjust his shot and basically coach he was bringing the ball down so they had him catch it and keep it up and then they had him, his his uh, release, they quickened his release just a little bit. And those two slight adjustments meant that he could get those shots off in the NBA against these athletes, and he's turned into just a, a terrific shooter. Okay, and the flip side of that is Donovan Exum, who's got a slow delivery. So in jazz basketball, as one player was able to make that slight adjustment to be able to be a knockdown shooter, the Jazz have to keep working with Donovan, excuse me, with Dante Exum because he's a slow ball delivery. Whenever your shot, Jake, starts below your too on, on a, too much in front of your face versus on the side of you, and too and almost like you start your delivery uh, by your uh, waist level, it's it's too slow. The shots block and it's unnatural. All right, uh, your final tonight. The Jazz beat the Hornets. We'll have more sound from the locker room coming for you, coming up right around the corner. 114-107 is your final. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the brand-new 2020 Subaru Outback, completely redesigned and available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. The Jazz beat the Hornets, their fifth consecutive win, 114 uh, to 107. We'll get back to the locker room coming up in, in just one moment. And, uh, Coach, just to bring a, a conversation that we were having off the air, onto the air uh, here for a second, you know, the Jazz have now won five consecutive games. They have not, in this run, they really haven't beat, let's say, the who's who of NBA basketball. They've beat teams that they they should beat. But coming off that stretch, off that Eastern road trip and, and where things weren't clicking, and now combine that with uh, that they don't have Mike Conley, Coach, I, I opponent doesn't matter to me as much here. It, I think it's important that the Jazz are figuring out their issues and that they're beating teams that they should beat. None of those those phantom weird losses coming in. They've they've been given a break by the schedule gods, and they've got to take advantage of it. And they have, which means that in the big picture, come uh, April when the playoffs start in the third the third um, third Saturday of, of April, at the Jazz might have a higher seed because th- back in December they didn't lose the teams that were sub subpar five hundred on the road, and that's where every team that has a higher seed just philosophically meant that they beat on the road teams that they should have beaten in December and early January, and they didn't let games slip away. It's a big difference losing to a a divisional rivalry. We'll just say at Denver because Denver's good. 
but to lose to the Hornets or to uh, to the Atlanta Hawks is unacceptable, and the Jazz did not. Right. Yeah. Home, Homer away, you should be beating the Hawks. Homer away, you should be beating the Hornets, and they accomplished that. They accomplished both, that. Both so, of them. So you go, you go teams like that. You go two zero. So for example, so later on in January, the Jazz go back east again. I know they play Miami Monday night. They go back east again, and they play against the Orlando Magic. So that's the kind of game, again, where you've got to knock them out, whether it's 1 or by 11, knock them out and be up, beat them 2-0. For the listeners, that uh, every NBA team plays uh, the other conference um, two games a year equals 30 games. And so we, we always talk about it. To win 50 games in a season, you've got to go minimum against the other conference. You have to go minimum uh, 19 and 11. Certainly doable. That's right, doable. Certainly doable. That's exactly right, Jake. To get what forty nine, fifty, fifty two yep. wins based on what's going on. And actually, a lot of their uh, difficult Eastern Conference games are behind them. Yeah, I mean, in that Eastern road trip, they played the the creme de la creme of the Eastern Conference. So you know, there's there's a lot more games coming with the the Charlottes and the Atlantas of the world. Chicago Bulls, exactly. Right. So that's the first game of that trip on on, on January second. So. Uh, New Year's Day, the Jazz are traveling to go to Chicago to play January 2nd against the Bulls. That's the game where you've got to be ready to roll and beat them by five. See you later. All right, let's go back to Charlotte where Donovan Mitchell is in the locker room speaking with the media. Yeah, um, you know, we, this win feels good, obviously, but we, we, as much as it feels good, we got to be able to, to lock in from the start. You know, we can't let teams that we, um, like teams, no disrespect, but like teams that we should we should beat, like, you know, stick around because that's when they get confident. Like, shout out like to all those guys, you know, they play confident, play free, but, you know, if we let them do what they want to do, they took us out of our stuff, but we came in here and we locked in on the film and did what we were supposed to do, and it's not always going to be pretty. You know, obviously we missed some shots that we normally make and whatnot, made some turnovers, but, you know, like I said, but like, like I've been saying the past three games, resiliency, you know, that the good teams do that, and I think that's that's one thing that we can look at it and, and, and be proud about. What were some of those things when looking at the film that were glaring that you guys were able to adjust right away? Of course. I think a lot of it was just taking them out of their stuff defensively. You know, Royce was guarding his, his ass off, you know, the whole game, you know, and I think he, he turned it even to a higher level, which I think is, you know, something that just stands out with him. Rudy, obviously, I don't really know much more you could say. Like a double double in the first quarter, doing these but blocking shots. Like people didn't dudes didn't want to go into the into the paint on him. So I think that's that that helps. But when you have those two guys, our two best defenders locking in like that, we got to help them around. We got to take care of the ball. We got to make it so that we can set our defense and and uh, be composed and, and not commit stupid fouls and stuff like that. You said he talked about a halftime. He showed you guys some clips of uh, some open guys, some guys that were open for three. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I think, you know, like a lot of times you just you see the open lane and then you think like there was times where I turn the ball over, try to do something too much. Just make the simple play. A lot of it was just keeping it simple and making making the smart read and we ended up doing that in the second half. What was it like playing with Devontae? Man, um, it was it was it was a lot different than last year. You know, this year obviously he's obviously has the ball more and he <laughs> sorry, he's been he's been feeling good all day. Um, that's Rudy by the way, just so y'all know. Um, no, but that's the Devontae I've known, you know, for my, my whole life. Uh, he's a kid that steps up, wants the clutch, wants wants the wants everything, you know. And he's gonna go out there and get it, you know. And um, he's 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 made some tough plays, and you know, it's, I 
obviously great to play against a guy I've known my whole life, and you know I'm happy for him. And I think he really deserved most improved player for him to do what he's doing. I think this it's um, it's unmatched, you know. And a lot of people really had no idea who he was, and you know that's pretty much been his story. Like I said before the game, uh, no one knew who he was coming into Brewster in high school. No one, kind of knew who he was at Kansas, and then now same thing in the NBA. So he's going to continue to prove people wrong and continue to just make a name for himself. But how's that? After the court, you guys talk. What was that moment like for you? Yeah, I was just telling him what I saw. You know, um, obviously I'm not going to tell him during the game, but like a lot of it, like just like you know what I saw to make his life easier because you know obviously he's going to take he's going to he's going to be the guy him and Terry and you know just kind of just see, tell him what I see. You know, obviously I'm younger than him, but I've, I've played in the league a little bit longer, so just seeing things that'll help take his game to another level and things that'll really help myself take my game to another level. So just continuing to to work on that and for him the us to have that relationship, I think is is, is pretty cool. You guys. Uh... Charlotte shoots 58% in the first half, 32% in the second half. What changed defensively? Um, defensively, I think we just locked in. You know, I think, like I said, shout out to Royce and Rudy, really. Like, you know, those two really were, you know, locked in on both ends from the start of the game. And being able to take their defense to another level really pushed us to do the same as well. You guys have been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Obviously, you had a front nine in Atlanta, but comes back tonight. What makes you guys so efficient in that area? Just being able to knock down the uh, excuse me, hit the open man, not those shots. That's really it. Keep it simple and make the simple play. And you know, for myself, I pride myself on being able to make the simple play. And um, I think we all do as well. All right, that was Donovan Mitchell right there, uh, coach. And uh, love Donovan Mitchell and and how he puffs up his teammates. However, that's not the right word. Builds up his teammates. I mean, he's talking about Royce and Rudy being the two best defenders on the team and that they've got to – he's just so quick uh, to give credit to his teammates. I love that. And, and tonight, Donovan had a, a totally unselfish game, nine assists. He had 20 points on seven of 19 shooting, but he was getting his guys involved, coach. He's real. He's authentic. And that's why the team respects him. He gets it. Being around sports his whole life with his dad with the, in baseball with the New York Mets and on the dinner table, he's, he talks to his family about being professional, making, making his team better. And that's what he does. He's a major talent. And tonight's game, when he penetrated, he made the correct reads, especially in the fourth quarter where he's passing off to, for the corner three or penetrating for pass-offs as far as interior or end of a game when it was crucial, when they're trying to double-team him, he had poise. He made he made through some great jump passes over the top of a double-team defense to Royce and to Rudy and, or to Joe in the corner, and that was the uh, was momentum points that took the heart out of the Hornets for the Jazz to win. So passing real—Jake, when you're really a good player, passing intersects with the three-point line. Hmm. Uh, Coach, before uh, before the game, we talked about how Coach Snyder has really tried everything to to get this bench unit going. Well, tonight we saw something fairly dramatic in the second half. Uh, when uh, Rudy needed a spell, Coach, they did not uh, go to Ed Davis. They instead went to Tony Bradley. And, and honestly, with Tony, he picked up four fouls in three minutes, which I didn't think was possible. He also had two turnovers. But the team was actually plus four when he was on the floor. And then when he needed to come off the floor, instead of Ed Davis coming on for him, in came George Niang and Jeff Green. Green slid over to the five. What do you make of of kind of a, a pretty dramatic change of strategy there in the second half? They're making that slight shift where they're saying philosophically and situationally that 
if Ed Davis uh, is not playing well and can't score the ball, he's a good rebounder as far as minutes per play, but can't score the ball, that's what the Jazz need as far as scoring challenge, that um, Tony Bradley's more of a scoring threat as far as catching high, finishing high, and rolling to the basket with, with sure hands. Now, the, the problem with in tonight where he was so over-anxious. Jake, it's like a guy that uh, never drove a car in eight months, and suddenly he's driving now. He's now driving, like in your case, Jack, a, Jack, a Jaguar. And so, <laughs> so suddenly he's driving a Jaguar, which is why he's, he's overzealous, commits fouls. He, one of his fouls also was a moving screen, and that's all part of it, of being over-anxious. I like it. Give him a chance. He's a young guy. He's uh, also a part of that was that not the hometown discount, but he is from North Carolina. So he did come home. They gave him a chance to play some. Now he's got to get ready to play against Miami. I think it's positive. Uh, it is your Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, uh, Coach Gordon Chiesa, the Jazz win tonight, one fourteen to one hundred seven. Coach, let's get to the Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball, and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. Tonight's Master of the Glass, no surprise, of course, Rudy Gobert, who had 17 points and 19 rebounds, Coach, five of which uh, came on the offensive side. He had a double-double nine minutes into the game, which has got to be some sort of personal record. That's absolutely amazing. And really, Coach, uh, probably a big part of the reason that there were a lot of open threes tonight was Charlotte had to adjust on Rudy because he was just smoking them in the first quarter. The Hornets had to change the defensive scheme. So in the first quarter, they were uh, staying at home on the shooters and late, not tagging or late tagging Rudy on the, the rim run. Tagging meaning what? The corner defensive player was guarding either Joe Engels or Brian Bondanovich was not leaving those shooters. Rudy was scoring out well against the, the, uh, the non-defense by the Hornets. Later on in the game, especially in the second quarter on, they tagged every single time. And that opened up the three-point game. So Rudy was really rolling to the basket knowing that he might not get the ball. Let's add to this as far as uh, Rudy uh, rebounding. He plays high. He's tall. But more importantly, that he's aggressive and he carves out space. So Rudy's rebounds, 19 rebounds today, was absolutely sensational. Jake, this is his 21st game out of 27 with a double-double. Wow. And right now, he's fifth in the NBA of double doubles, he missed two games this year. So now, now he's a really a, a force of double doubles where he can score the ball and he can rebound. Now to add to Rudy, let's get some triple doubles where he adds now suddenly a great game, but a ten block shot game, or even better. 10 assist game where suddenly they're double teaming somebody and he throws some drop passes at everybody. It's going to happen. He's very good. All right. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, Jazz beat the Hornets 114-107. to We'll get Coach's final thoughts on this one coming up next. We'll also get Coach's thoughts on uh, the next game against the Miami Heat. It's all straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz 
Draft Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Coach Jazz victorious tonight over the Charlotte Hornets, 114-107. to I want to get your uh, final thoughts on this one coming up here in a few minutes, but uh, let's start off by looking ahead uh, to Monday night's uh, showdown, Coach, with, uh, of course, the Miami Heat. And uh, listen, the Heat this year... Uh, have uh, have just been terrific. They're well coached. We know uh, Eric Spolster has got a, a terrific record. There's no doubt about it. And we thought that the addition of Jimmy Butler would certainly help. But they're number three in the East right now, Coach. 21 and eight. They're only a half game back of Boston for the second slot in the East. They're four games back of Milwaukee, who's 25 and four. I mean, Milwaukee's unbelievable. Uh, talk about uh, what the Heat are doing right and what to expect by this game uh, in this game coming up on Monday. Also, the Heat are Jake uh, at home record twelve and one, so they're able to really play. They have an interesting team where the personnel people, besides the coaching staff, have done a great job. Bam Adebayo, the young big guy for Kentucky. Is should be the most improved uh, is a candidate also with Devont, Devontae Graham. Bam Adebayo is a big guy that's going to challenge Rudy at the rim. He's averaging 15.6 points per game, 10.6 rebounds, 57% field goal percentage, 1.4 steals, and 1.2 blocks. Mm. So, Jake, people say, what's his name? Bam Adebayo from Kentucky. Also, Kendrick Nunn was undrafted. He's from Oakland University. He played last year, Jake. I love the G League. I know I'm not objective. He played last year for the Santa Cruz Warriors. He's averaging 16.4 points per game. Gets even more crazier. Duncan Robinson is is shooting 45% from threes. Jake, undrafted in 2018, he went to Williams College, a Division III school. Then he transfers to Michigan Wolverines, coached by John Bayline, and now he played in the G League last year for the Sioux Falls Sky Force. I love saying the names. Sioux Falls Sky Force is now a, an elite three-point shooter. I didn't leave out at all purposely Jimmy Buckets, meaning Jimmy Butler, this is fourth team in four years now. So that tells me that he has found a home in South Beach where his two-way talent is absolutely recognized. So he's averaging 20.4 points per game, career-high 6.8 assists, and 6.4 rebounds. And by the way, he was the 30th pick at a draft. So they combined superior coaching. Pat Riley runs the organization. The guys in the personnel side have done an unbelievable job of managing the salary cap as far as getting these guys. And most of all, that they're the number one team in the NBA in three-point shooting with the Jazz second. Hmm. So now it's going to be, the storyline's going to be, uh, Jake, what team can limit the op- the other team's three-point shooting. Will it be the Jazz versus the, the Heat? Will it be the Heat versus the Jazz as far as what? Staying at home and challenging three-point shot. So it's going to be like, almost like a, Jake, a, a playoff-type game. It's the last game of a, the road trip, and it's Christmas. So all I always say to you is that let's not celebrate Christmas until what? We're on the plane returning back to our homes, either Salt Lake City, if, if, you, if you live in the East Coast, what most teams do, if the players live in the East Coast, they go from Miami, wherever they live in, for a day and a half for Christmas. 
All right, Coach, can I can I give you my my hot take about the Heat and actually the Philadelphia 76ers? And from your coaching perspective, you tell me if I'm crazy. I'm looking right? forward to it. Yes. So the, the Heat, of course, as we talked about in, in previous years, well-coached team, scrappy, they try hard, they get the right shots, probably the reason that they're the number one three-point shooting team in the league. You know, this has all been true for a few years now, but they never had the top guy, the number one that would go win a basketball game. So they were in a lot of games, but they had a different difficult time closing. Now, Jimmy Butler last year was the closer for the 76ers. He was the one, not Ben Simmons. Jimmy Butler was the one with the ball in his hand going to get buckets. So now this year with Miami, I think that's a huge difference. They're going to be in a lot of games and now they have a guy that they can give it to down the stretch to go get them wins. Whereas I think that's going to be Philly's Achilles heel come playoff time, coach. You keep an eye on it. When it gets close and it's the fourth quarter, Philly doesn't have somebody that can go out there and beat the other team's best player and get them wins. So there's my hot take on Philly and Miami. Any thoughts? No, your thoughts are right on point. So you're saying philosophically that the Sixers, Ben Simmons, who's really an erratic foul shooter and also so um, even though he's ultra talented, can make an open like jump shot consistently. And Al Horford, you like some, but he can't finish. And Joel Embiid's been, even though he's ultra talented, he's been woefully inconsistent the last few minutes of a game. So the ability to strike off the dribble either for a three-point shot or attack the rim. You just described Donovan Mitchell, though. Yeah. As mm-hmm. you describe, so the Jazz have that guy in Jimmy Butler in Donovan Mitchell, but the Heat now in South Beach have him, and so he's basically he's uplifted the whole organization. Yeah, he's made these uh, these are uh, good players overachieving. Remember now, we left out purposely Tyler Hero, the guy the guy from Kentucky. Yeah, he's who's, great. He's a he's a off the bench guy. Uh, he's averaging thirteen point nine points per game as the fourteenth pick of the draft. Also, Myers Leonard. Jake, who played for the Portland Trailblazers for seven years, he's now the backup stretch big. He's shooting 47.4 from threes. Wow, yeah. So, Jake, the the whole team is really plays as a unit. Very impressive. All right, Coach, uh, let's get some quick final thoughts on this one from you. What are you taking from tonight's win over the Hornets? Jazz showed their heart in, that f- f- in, the, in the fourth quarter. They hold them 6-for-20 shooting, second half only allowing 43 points. The flip side of that is the Jazz were pass-happy, led by Donovan Mitchell. They, they were able to penetrate, move the ball perfectly around, and they found these catch-and-fire three-point shooters in Boyan Bondanovich and Joe Ingles. So it was really a collaborative effort, both in offense and defense. Rudy, Rudy controlled the paint. The Jazz really just showed their heart and courage to knock out the Hornets, who are also improving, but the Jazz are above them. Nice win. All right, we want to say a big thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone doing their normal terrific work there from Charlotte. We want to thank the broadcast assistants for their work tonight. Of course, Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Mark Miller Subaru, uh, title sponsor of the post-game show. Go Where Love Takes You in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We also want to say thank you to you, Coach. It's been fun hanging out with you this Saturday afternoon. I love it. Also, Jake, if I don't see it, everyone out there listening also, happy holidays. Right back at you, Coach. Uh, the Jazz win tonight over the Hornets, 114-107. to 107. Uh, Next up, our next broadcast, Monday night, Jazz going to take on the Heat in Miami. That game will tip off at 5.30. Pre-game begins at 4.30. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.